go, I get the keys, so I just come in, you know, just come and play music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh, no, you wanted to play Little Bean instead. Aquaman's a hero! Let's see what's better than number one looks like. I guarantee you blow the load like a shot. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum, assemble. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. We are your weekly live comic book pop culture talk show here on allgames.com. We got a pretty uh, packed show for you today. We got some news. Got a review of Alien Toilet Monsters, little indie comic book. And we also have a review of, what is that shit called? I have it right here. Of Gideon Falls from Image, which came out last week. I wasn't planning on reviewing this, but I had uh, I read it and I have some things to say about it. So a little bonus review from me on that. We're also doing uh, the weekly news roundup, where we discuss the happenings and going ons within the comic book and fandom. And I'd also like to add that we are brought to you today, not so proudly, by Jeffrey's Comics out here in Gardena, California. They provide the big selection of vintage comics on the internet and then everything that comes out each week at your local comic shop, you can find at Jeffrey's. And uh, yeah, you can also be join us in conversation on Skype. Just... Type in Fantastic Forum, and we'll pop up, and you can call us there. Or you can call us from your landline or cell phone at 323-250-0720. That's 323-250-0720. On the line with me is our newshound reporter extraordinaire, Oz. I didn't want to interrupt you, but we're not on the Fantastic Forum Skype. God damn. We're not? Where are we at? Uh, well, I called you <laughs> off of my Skype because every time I try to log into the Fantastic Forum Skype, it becomes a whole thing. Oh, all right. So what's your Skype that they could call? <laughs> I don't know if I want to give that out. All right. So no Skype for you today. <laughs> You'll just listen quietly. But you can, are you in chat, Oz? Yeah, I'm in chat. 
So you can go to chat.allgames.com and type in whatever you want to say. Oz is probably reading something right now. Probably people complaining they can't get in touch with us on Skype. Oh, Tired Claws wondering where Mayor Young is. R.I.P. Mayor Young. R.I.P. Mayor Young. He's he's somehow he's gonna blame Nia for it, but he's gonna say it's work. Is Nia is work code for Nia? Is that what we find out? No, sometimes uh he he do, he helps Nia with stuff, but it rarely affects the show. Usually, it's his actual work that affects the show on Wednesdays. Because he usually doesn't, from what I understand, I don't want to give Mayor Young's business out there. I don't want to put it out there like that, but I will anyway. Like Wednesdays is a, is a, like a day where he just does reports and computer stuff. So I think half the time he could probably do it from home. But every now and then he has to go into the plant and talk to somebody or have a meeting. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes my wife demands I put in some work. Yeah, but usually that's in the dark when the lights are out. And it's nighttime. It doesn't affect the show, I don't think. It, look, the lights are out and it's dark time out here. <laughs> Plus the time change, so he's probably just an hour off. Maybe, but he probably forgot. Like he, like usually, he forgets everything. We got a memory pills to improve his memory, and he forgot those. He forgot where he put them out, put them away. But yeah, he he, he said he'll be here a little later. Let's see, we got a uh, Joe's ask. Uh, Joe's asking if we're on yet. Usually, I would introduce them by now, but yeah, so he'll probably show up in a little bit. Um, it's funny though. This is exactly why. We got a phone number for the Skype was so somebody could just joke. We'd just be able to call it and he'd be right. on. And it's the one day that we're not on that Skype. And well, and that Skype is a. Uh, what issue was it giving you? It wasn't letting you log in? I don't remember. I, last time, I think it said it sent somebody a code or I don't I don't remember. I just remember it was a hassle. Yeah, when it's like a security log, thing. Yeah, when I was trying to log into it to to do the stuff I did last time. And I just, I haven't used it since and out of habit, I just popped on and popped on and just saw you there. So I called you on mine. Yeah. Well, here we are. Um, I guess we're going to jump into a little bit of news. Oh, there's Joe. Hello. Hello. Okay. Hey. We got one Joe. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, we did it! Yay! <laughs> I don't know. Like, it said I was on this call with you, so my computer wouldn't let me, like, hang up or do anything. Okay, well, you guys talk, because I'm parched, and I'm going to drink some whiskey. All right. Are we, we on the air, too? Oh, yeah, I never stopped. I, uh, I yeah. contemplated pausing the recording, too, because I could see, like, this whole blank space where... We're out. We're, we're just trying to kill time, but hey, I'll leave that up to you. I don't feel like working. Well, I I had to use my phone because the computer, like, the screen, you know, the the Skype screen on your phone. Yeah. It was on my computer monitor after I quit Skype on there because I had to restart it. And now it won't 
come back on. I don't know. So I'm on my phone now. We'll see how this works because this is where I have all my notes and shit too. Like like I said earlier, it wouldn't be fantastic form if everything went smoothly. Or yeah, or if we were on time. Oh come on! It was like five minutes. No, I'm talking about Larry. Oh. Um, there's some shit in the news. Did you hear that? This might interest you, Joe. There's going to be a Superman in the Teen Titans Go movie. Oh, okay. You know who the voice actor is going to be? Who? Nicholas Cage. Oh, that is awesome. He'll finally get to be Superman. Right. It says right here, it seems Nicolas Cage will finally get to play Superman after all. Cage has just been cast as Superman in Teen Titans Go to the movies. Where he'll join fellow new additions, Halsey. I don't know who that is. He's going to be Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Little, Little Yachty is going to be Green Lantern. Somebody named Halsey is going to be Wonder Woman. Halsey? I've, yeah. huh. I've heard of her. She's supposed to be good. And then uh, Cage has been a longtime Superman fan and she went inside some live action. Yeah, we all know that. But yeah, it says right here. He got $2.1 million for his comic book series. Random fact added in this article. But yeah, so you like you like that he's going to be Superman, huh? Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, I mean, he's Superman in the Teen Titans Go movie, right? So, I mean, if I were him, I would aspire aspire for more. But you know, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. Like, I kind of hope we get Dark Side 2 in the movie, because that would be awesome. Like, Nicolas Cage Superman to Weird Al's Dark Side. <laughs> but what if John Travolta's like, Dark Side? Well, they already had him. Like, Weird Al's already done Dark Side for Teen Titans Go. Oh, okay. For the two-parter episode, so that would be cool. We'll see how that goes. Um, last week, last weekend, they had a, a screening for Deadpool, and uh, it was like a test screening, and they got a lot of complaints. And now there's reshoots. Hmm. So I don't know. The, if, yeah. Well, the what? Say that again. What were the complaints? Do you? Does it say? No, nah, they don't say about that. But this dude on Twitter went on a rant talking about how he heard from somebody that it was bad. But I think he's just saying he heard from somebody to not get in trouble. He's like some. I guess he was. He's not supposed to break the embargo or something or talk about it. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So he says that somebody, his friend went to see it and told them it was bad. And then, But then when people really, like, asked him directly, he answered as if he's the one that saw it. So 
that's why we think that he he's the one that saw it. Um, but he said something like the story was lame, a bunch of shit. But these new reshoots, if they have anything to do based on those complaints, it's uh, it, it, they're adding more cable and more domino to it. Oh, okay. Maybe too much um, Deadpool got annoying. Uh, well, you know, when you introduce Cable, this happened in the comics where Cable and Deadpool had a series together. And, you know, when initially Deadpool wasn't uh, that much of a funny character, you know what I mean? And right. They added that like, later. He doesn't speak in his first, his right. first appearance. He doesn't speak. Exactly. So, uh, in the comics, you know, Cable was in those comics or whatever. They're part of the same generation of Liefeld creations. And um, later on, when they teamed them up together for their own title, Deadpool was already funny. So that was an odd thing where you got... The Deadpool comics were funny, and then the Cable comics were, you know, Cable comics. They could be their... Time displaced war, warrior comics or shit in the future. You know what I mean. So then, and you he had... owned a country for a while. I'm sorry, say that again. And he was leader of a country for a while. Right. So when they put them together, it made Deadpool comics. It was like half serious, half funny. You know what I mean. So it was like mm-hmm. it added some seriousness to a Deadpool story. So. This movie probably didn't have enough. Like you, you got Cable, and every time you see him, not only do you have a good actor doing him, like a a really good, like respected actor doing it, and then he's not adding to the story of Deadpool. So they probably didn't put enough of his scenes to really like weigh down the the what you call it, weigh down the levity that Deadpool brings. So that was probably, yeah, they got to, they got to do something with the story. I know one of the complaints said that the story was going nowhere the whole time. So from beginning to end, like it wasn't going anywhere. Which, Oh, that's not good. Yeah. To me that, that makes me happy if it's true, because I remember on this show, I told Larry that getting rid of the original director was a bad idea. And, you know, they basically, Ryan Reynolds didn't side with them, and they the studio side, sided with Ryan Reynolds. But they have, and the now same, you have the, they have the same writers, right? Well, no, because the director was the writer. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Tim Miller... And Larry didn't, you know, of course, Larry always naysays to my prophecies. So I wish he was here to, so I can gloat a little more. But yeah, they're over <laughs> here doing, they're doing reshoots like six weeks before the premiere, you know? Right. So good for them. I hope it goes terribly. Uh, oh, you good. 
I mean, how bad could it be? Like, it's Deadpool, you know? But Just make some dick jokes and you're done. Well, unfortunately, that's what they think, <laughs> you know? Right. He's got to have some serious moments, like, or else it just doesn't work. Well, like, that's the thing. It's everybody around him is serious. He's just not, like, his... I could see it, it, them not making Domino serious, but Cable should definitely come in serious. And then, uh, right? What's his face? The Russian dude, Colossus. Colossus. He's gonna. He should be serious. I think Negasane, blah 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 blah, chick is like somewhere in she between. Could, she could go both ways. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's important to give Deadpool his serious moments also. Right, because if back and I, I'm not a huge Deadpool reader, but I read some here and there, and when he gets serious, like it makes for really good moments. Like I remember, particularly during Civil War, in the Cable and Deadpool comic, uh, Cable's on or Deadpool's on the side of the Initiative, and he starts like getting into a yelling match with Cable about like how this is finally his time to be like, respect it. And it's like a really cool moment. So you can't just have him, I think it would be better to not have him be joking all the time, to give him just some moments of seriousness. Right. I think the first movie kind of did that a little, where it's like, you know, he's into the chick, and and he's, he's a little, he feels bad that he looks all fucked up, you know? There's a, mm-hmm. like a, a little I don't know which book it, it's from I'm assuming it's a it's a newer issue because I saw it on on Instagram <clears throat> where somebody posted like four or five pages that kind of like it's kind of what Joe's talking about where it's serious but then there's it's kind of like jokey in there it's it's like a weird mix that works where. There's this girl, and she's going to jump off a, a building. And, you know, Deadpool shows up. And it's like, oh, don't jump. And he starts telling her how it'd be better if she jumped from the Parker Industries building across the street because of mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, like, he's he's throwing in these jokes, but at the same time, you can see he's talking her down to where at, at the end, like, they they agree to go to a club or something. And so it's it's that ho- that whole mixture where he says something crazy and, and stupid that you know makes you laugh when you think about it, but at the the whole time he's doing it, he's in a serious situation where he's talking a girl down from suicide. Yep. Yeah. But you know, they didn't want to make that movie. All I know is this, want- mo- this movie's not going to have any hope. They wanted to, <laughs> they wanted to make Pizza Face Van Wilder. That's what they wanted to make. But that was the first uh, one, right? Huh? That was the first one, though. Pizza Face Van Wilder. Right, and they wanted to, you know, Tim Miller wanted to make something different than what these guys wanted to do, and they kicked them off. What do you guys think of the uh, Gail Simone Plastic Man? I don't know, man. I, I don't think I don't trust anybody to do a good plastic man other than like Frank Miller 
or like Mark Wade or uh yeah I don't know it, it's it's got to be some like older school type of writer than everybody that that's remotely touched plastic man recently has fucked it up has anybody done Pla- I thought he was just the egg Still. Well, the Flash TV show. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't count that. I mean, in the nah, look, I still don't watch that shit. Look, that's elongated man. Technically, not that's not elongated man's they, origin. That's they, Plastic Man's. Well, origin. yeah, I, they fucked up elongated man, not Plastic Man. Right, but now it's like now it, it's I'm done. I'm like, nope. The, they even like they even rubbed it in my face. There's a. They 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 were gonna call him Plastic Man. And he's like, ugh, and it's like, oh sure, yeah, motherfucker. But, like, his man origin was good enough for you, but not the name. I like that Elongated Man was better than, than Plastic Man. They finally <laughs> called him that. Then, oh, do you do you know how he came up with that? No. They, he he had that stupid white, white outfit. They. Mm-hmm. And I, he saved somebody, and you know he's talking to the press, and um, they were calling him like stretchy guy, and um, he he said something like, "Oh, I don't stretch, I elongate, man." And reporter turns around, <laughs> like the elongated man, and that's how they named him. That's so stupid. Dude, that was funny. I'm glad I'm not watching it. But I'm reading. Um, Something, uh, interview with Gail Simone from Sci Fi Wire. Um, and in between bites, she says that, uh, when I think about Plastic <laughs> Man, so he was genuinely the first funny superhero. I'm obviously attracted to that, and there's also a great mixture of tragedy there, too, that I love. So it sounds like she might be trying to do the Plastic Man what Joe thinks they should do with Deadpool. It sounds like that's. I mean, that sounds like the Plastic Man knows and loves. Right. But, I, look, I don't... It could still be done wrong. They, people say a lot of things in interviews. I've, like, I've kind of grown to trust Gail Simone. told Joe that, that Bloodsport was coming out. That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't an interview. That was a confrontation, and I think he was afraid for his life. No, he did it on the air, too. It was back when you weren't on there. I've grown to trust Gil. So yeah. I mean, look, looking at her, she hasn't missed a meal. So that that requires talent. I'm not. I'm ignoring. I don't know. Show. I've never really been a big Plastic Man fan, so I'm not even a hundred percent sure I'll end up checking it out. I mean, it's only it's, six issues, and it's the same creative team as. Um, Whatchamacallit, uh, birds, the Birds of Prey run that you liked. Yeah. Uh, maybe so if, you want, if you want him to keep getting work, you better buy it. <laughs> it's six, um, six issues. That's not, I mean, you can give six issues a shot. It's not like it's going to be a regular rotation book. Right. Look, if I was buying 52 different books at one point for those first three weeks <laughs> when they were all out, you, you can get a six-issue series. That is true. 
this hope it's interesting. Does he still have a kid? That's a bold question, because last I heard, he was still an <laughs> it, egg. Yeah. I I haven't read any Plastic Man in years. He should still have a kid, unless unless it's a reboot. It's the way they she described it. It seems like it's like a rebirth. Like they're not taking anything into account because he's gone through some changes. I know the last time I read uh, anything with Plastic Man in it, he was basically he had a son who didn't know, like who couldn't confirm that Plastic Man was his dad, and Batman told him he should tell him, and Plastic Man was like, no. <laughs> so uh there this is a in the surprise category of the news the um Avengers Infinity War will be a quite departure from the comic books <laughs> <laughs> That's the headline <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. They don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> I mean... Oh, of course it is. Of course. So, um, they they cornered Mark Ruffalo somewhere and asked him a bunch of questions about the movie. He goes, uh, it goes, says right here, asked in an on-set interview if there's any specific comic books that he read to help prepare for the movie. Mark Ruffalo explained that he that there weren't really any which would have helped the cast much. He goes right here, he goes on to say, this one we're really in like new territory, really, and it's so different from the comic books. There's elements that are clearly the same, but when you really start to get into the story, everything changes. Planet Hulk was a big influence on Thor 3, and the idea of the inkling world, the inkling of World War Hulk starts to. I read that way before this, doing this, and there's some interesting stuff in there, but honestly, nothing so far directly related to this. And then they asked him if he actually sat down to read Infinity Gauntlet, and he responded, Yeah, that is informative as well, but then again, it just gets so off of the topic that it starts to become a little confusing where you're like, why isn't this in there? And why are we, why are we doing this? So, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That might be... I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's reading, though. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I already knew it wasn't, wasn't going to be close to the comic. Like that would be nearly impossible. Why didn't you guys tell me Booster Gold was coming back? I didn't know. Uh, apparently he's going to be back in uh, Batman 45 that comes out in April. And looking at the solicitation text, let's see, it says... Batman 45 sees Booster recruiting Batman and Catwoman to rescue himself from another version of himself in what's sure to be a messy Ouroboros of time travel. And then there's speculation that 
he's gonna become important because he's gonna he's gonna go up against Doctor Manhattan. That's weird. That is weird. They don't know for sure if he's gonna be part of the Doomsday Clock stuff, but it's Booster Gold. I mean, he's saved the universe so many times for DC. And he was Superman for like fifty-two weeks. Yeah, I look. I I, I just hope that they're not paying Jurgens full price. But Is he working on it? Uh, he's not the artist. I should yeah. actually look at the solicitation. The artist is Tony Daniels, which I can't think of what his work is right now. Well, he he was a big part of the New 52 art, and he did a bunch of stuff for Image. Like he did F5 and the 10th, among other things. Uh, no, I don't see his... It's written by Tom King. I don't see Jurgens oh, okay. on here, which kind of sucks because no matter how I feel about Jurgens personally, he's he knows how to do Booster Gold. That's his dude. I think Tom King knows how to do him too. Tom King is good with uh, with weird time travel shit. Not that's true. Universe. Well, I mean, he did, let's see, he did a few Grayson books, and I kind of enjoyed those. Did the Robin War. I didn't read Omega Man. But he's done a lot, a shit ton of Batman. So, I mean, it has to fit, it's a Batman book, not a Booster Gold book, so it has to fit into that anyway, so yeah. He should be fine. I just want... This goddamn character back. Yeah. Does DC have room for him now? There's always room for Booster. No, I'm just saying, like, he was in the middle of something and then he got vaporized or whatever, right? He. Uh, like, he could have set things back on track. He traveled back in time to stop. Superman and and Wonder Woman from hooking up uh, runs into his old Booster Gold self, and then they both stare at the screen of them making out and both start to disappear. And then I think there was one random book where it kind of, like, like, he was, it, it showed that he was being tossed around the time stream, and so there was, like, one or two books where he, po- he popped in, um... But it was, they were like one shots, basically. Mm-hmm. And then right back in the time stream. And, and nothing nothing since then. Then there was the, the book he did with the Flintstones. <laughs> but that, yeah. had, that had no continuity with anything. That's just Booster Gold time traveling. See, in that one, they could have, he could have been, it still could have been in continuity. It could have, but I think... The the thing about a, a guy whose whole thing is that he travels through the time is, you can put you can put him in a one shot of anything and not have anything to do with what's going on in the main story. You just say, oh, right. he time traveled at some point when he was like, you know, he mentioned Cord. Okay, so we know this was years ago when when Blue Beetle was hanging out with him. Mm. 
I miss Blue Beetle. So he's going to fight Dr. Manhattan, huh? Maybe. That that was pure speculation. But he is going to no. interact with Batman and Catwoman. And that that's The Dr. Manhattan thing is just that everything that DC is doing right now is kind of put through the doomsday clock lens because that's the current crisis that affects everything. Is it affecting metal? You know what? I haven't read Metal since issue like three. No. Which sucks. I actually was enjoying it. I need to, I need to pick those up. Jobs suck, man. They don't give you time to do anything. It, it, yeah, it's weird. It gives you the money to buy everything, but then you don't have time to read it. Yeah, I, I barely had time to watch the entire Jessica Jones. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, have you guys watched it? Um, I no, not it. yet. I watched five minutes of it. Maybe we'll have you give us your take on it in a little bit. Um, Tidal Wave Comics is bringing a bunch of rock legends to life. I don't know if you ever heard of Tidal Wave Comics. They do a lot of biographies in comic book form. So they're doing Beatles, Pink Floyd... Who's it? Who's this guy? Keith Richards, Motley Crue, Joan Jett, Metallica, Ozzy Osbourne. So we'll see. There, there's a. They're different. They're usually done under different titles. So like, the Fame title has like people that have died. And then they have tribute. Well, I guess tribute's the one for people who have died. They have political power when they actually like do like congressmen or people, people of political leanings or political fame. But we'll see. They're never really any good because they're all unofficial. So there's no like they could just say whatever they want. Oh, that's not as interesting. Yeah, I know. I read the. I read the Elvira one, which was pretty cool. It was okay, and I read the Vincent Price one back in the day, but... Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. But again, like you don't know how true they are. Right. Uh, you missed see. a big story about Action Comics 1000. What happened there? Do you know the uh, the classic Superman trunks are coming back? And okay. To, to celebrate it, DC handed out Superman's red trunks at South by Southwest. That's fucking stupid. And <laughs> there's two versions. There's one that looks like booty shorts. Yeah, for the ladies. Yeah, they're red with the uh, the the band is is gold, and it says hashtag the trunks are back. And then one that looks like boxer briefs for dudes. Like, complete with the buttons in the front and everything. <laughs> Same thing, red with the with the yellow uh, waistband. Yeah, I'm assuming they say hashtag the trunks are back on the back too, but they don't show it in this picture. Um, let's see. 
the giveaway boxer shorts were handed out to fans in attendance with DC Comics co-publisher Jim Lee explaining, oh, they're probably late. Even when we took <laughs> away the trunks, we knew they were coming back. No one remains dead. No trunks remain unworn. Doesn't say anything That's... about unwashed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't feel like they're necessary. You don't want a pair of Superman trunks? No, I mean bringing them back. Oh. Well, it, yeah, it's weird. It was a pain in the ass when they took them off. And that was fine. Well, yeah, but it's just the reasoning behind it. Like the design was terrible. The the new Fifty Two shit was like. They did it for the movie, the... right? Didn't they? Because Man of Steel wasn't going to have them. I I think it the red trunks is a Schuster Siegel rights thing. Oh, you're kidding me! Yeah, I thought the comic did it because they they knew the movie was was wasn't going to do the trunks. No, I think because it's like, for example, like uh, what is it like the laser, the heat vision? I know the little curly, the little curl hair was a Schuster right. thing. Okay, so that's a Schuster thing. The the flight isn't, but the X-ray vision right. or the heat Cause, vision is. Because when they came up with him, he couldn't fly, right? He was just jumping. Right. So it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's like different powers were diff- are different, you know, are rights violations. And, diff- and so the, the trunks, I believe, or... Maybe it was the yellow belt was the Schuster thing. So then they just gave him a red belt that doesn't hold up anything. No, I thought Jim was just experimenting. No, it, it, it's it was it's a rights thing, or it is believed to be, because yeah. But yeah, so that was annoying, and now it's they're making a whole deal of, of them coming back. Like, like I don't know if that, if that has anything to do with the story at all or what. Like, I don't. Know. I, I'm a miserable fuck, so it just annoys the shit out of me. That's that's weird. I honestly just thought it was a a movie thing. Yeah. Are you excited that uh, Bendis is getting Superman? Not really. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big Bendis fan myself. Like, me and Bendis have a weird history where he was writing Salmon Twitch and it was awesome. And then all of a sudden, I don't get a Salmon Twitch book anymore because he's working at Marvel and he didn't finish his run. That so was I, a really good book. Yeah, so after that, like, the, the Steve Niles one, he, Steve Niles took over, and he was really good, too, but it's different, you know, and, and I don't like change, and I hate it when people, like, uh, well, at least, you know, f- for Bendis, he was he was writing for, for McFarlane, so it's not like he was creating his own shit that I loved, and then he left it for Marvel, but other artists and writers did that too, where it's like, I remember the comic book Steampunk that I loved. It didn't get to finish, 
because that creative team got hired to to do Ultimate X Men or one of them, and I was mad. So then that that immediately made me hate the Ultimate Universe. So that's why I hate the Ultimate Universe. But so yeah, Bendis could do whatever the fuck he wants as long as he doesn't try to wish the Infinity Gauntlet out of existence again. <laughs> Can't you wish it out of existence if you have it? No. No. They tried yeah. it twice. Yeah. He wrote it twice. He forgot he did it. What I am excited, though, is Rob Liefeld getting his his Extreme Universe is going to be on Netflix. And what's his Extreme Universe? So it's like all his, the comics he created with... Uh, Back on like image, you know, so like Evangeline, it was a Brigade, Bloodstrike, Cybrid, Blood Wolf, Kaboom. All those characters are gonna be like that. He just sold the rights to Netflix for them to make stuff, which they're all kind of knockoff of X Men characters or mutants, but it's still cool. That's what he does best. He makes a knockoff well, and adds some pouches. The thing is, he knocked off cr- characters that he created on Marvel. You know, so, like they didn't let him do what he, they want, what he wanted with his character. So he just kind of just reimagined them under different names and did what he wanted. You know. So like, there's a dude like Joe. What's the guy that looks just like Deadpool, but instead of black and red, he's like blue and gray. Um, a live pool? No, it's not. Is it Bloodstrike? I think, I think it is. Yeah, so he's I literally think... like, there's, there's a cover where it's like Deadpool and Cable like fighting mid, like, you know, shooting at each other in the air, and then that exact cover, that that exact fight scene. There's like a panel in the book with Bloodstrike and I forget who else. You know, another cape, cable like knockoff thing. Was it Cyber, Cyber Patriot? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was cool. Kinda. They were all cool because they were all like the X Factor. And... Yeah. But. Yeah, he's doing that. The my only like I don't know, I mean the dude that's overseeing everything is the uh, Akiva Goldsman who's known for the Transformers shit, the movies, live action shit. And a bunch of other crappy stuff. I know Derek knows cuz Derek hates them too. But yeah, that's the I only thing. That... Some good stuff. Like I know the Transformer stuff is all terrible, but I thought there was something good he did. But I can't think of it right now. Let's see what he did here. Let's see. He did the client. Silent Fall. He co-wrote Batman Forever. 
He did sure, a, the client was good. He wrote A Time to Kill. Oh, that was really good. He wrote Batman and Robin. That was awful. <laughs> he wrote Lost in Space. Eh, I mean, I don't hate it, but I can see what other people do. He wrote Practical Magic. Never saw it. It's not too bad. He uh, wrote... Well, he produced Deep Blue Sea. I did like that one. (laughs) He wrote A Beautiful Mind. Didn't see that. He wrote I, Robot. Oh, that was not good. Well, in comparison to the actual novel, I wrote. Yeah. He wrote, he produced Constantine. The Keanu Reeves one? Yeah. It's been too long since I've seen it. I don't remember disliking it. It, Everything looks good except Keanu Reeves as Constantine. Um... He wrote Cinderella Man. Didn't see it. He wrote The Da Vinci Code. Didn't see it. He produced Hancock. Hancock was good. He wrote Angels and Demons. Didn't see that one either. He executive produced the Paranormal Activity movies. Um, the ones I saw were decent. I mean, a little cheesy with the scares, but I liked the last one that came out. He directed Winter's Tale. Which one? Winter's Tale. Winter's Tale. Is that the Snow White thing? It's... uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not sure what that one is. Yeah. He uh, he wrote the Divergent series Insurgent. That was average. He did the story for Transformers The Last Night. That was terrible. He wrote The Dark Tower. That was really good. Really? And then You like I The still Dark Tower? Seen it. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Like, I never read the book, but I thought the movie was good. And he wrote an episode of Star Trek Discovery. I haven't watched that yet. Us? Uh, second half got better. Is the Vulcan hello on the second half? The hell's the Vulcan hello? Oh, it's the first episode. I don't know what you're talking about. The first episode of of Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. Is that what it was called? The Vulcan Hello? Yeah. He wrote it. The first episode is not (laughs) good. Yeah? Well, there you go. Superstar television writer, Akiva Golden. Like, that show doesn't get good till like, episode... Four or five. Um, the 
the first few episodes, you can if you consider like prologue and backstory, you can you can get through it. I mean, it's not horrible, but yeah, it's not it's not great either. Do you guys read any of the Valiant comics? I'm just I used kidding. to read them all, but no. I know you guys don't. Well, Bloodshot finally got casted in the movie. And it's going to be Vin Diesel. Huh. Yeah. So, all you Valiant fans, lucky you. Well, all three of them? Yeah. I mean, I liked Vigilante. That was, like, the main comic that I read from them. There was a thing where they talked about uh, Chris McQuarrie is being targeted by Warner Brothers to direct Green Lantern Corps. And then there was also a rumor that they were trying to do Tom Cruise as Hal Jordan. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. What'd you say? Al? I don't know if I believe that. I mean, if you want. Yeah, I mean, I doubt it. Like, they just think because of the director that he would pick Tom Cruise, you know? If you want old ass Hal Jordan, you just get Philly in. He's not doing anything. And he's cheap. Yeah. Yeah, he is cheap. But I feel bad calling him cheap. But I mean, compared to Cruz, right? But Cruz has more star power, so he's worth the money. Yeah, but he's also willing to say no. Right, but they just need him to act. So I think he's a good. And he choice. does his own stunts. Yeah, like he brings his own green screen too. But you don't, like, I, I think he's a good choice if they can get him. It would get me excited about this movie. Really? Tom Cruise, huh? Yeah, I think he's a good choice for Hal Jordan. He's way better than Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds should have been a... Like, as soon as I saw the picture of him with the suit, like, I can't see anybody else be Hal Jordan. I'd want to see him try out for Guy Gardner, though. Cruise? No, I think Guy, no. Gar- Guy Gardner should be the dude from, whatchamacallit, that TV show, Human Target. I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch it either. Yeah. Some DC fans you are. I would have said, <laughs> I would have said the guy that played Rorschach, but he's old now. Oh, yeah. You would have been great around the time he did that movie. Yep. Plus, he could do he like the, the angry. He could be the angry, broody like Guy Gardner too. Well, yeah, you have to have angry, broody Guy Gardner. I don't know. I feel he's too happy in the comics now. Yeah, but if you, I mean, to get to the point where he's at now, I mean, he's still angry. But he's been through some shit to get to this point. Yeah. I mean, dude had to had to wear a red ring for a while. 
You said yeah. to go emo. His hair grew long. He had a goatee. Yeah, that was tight. Yeah. Well, that's all I got for news. Oz, why don't you tell us a little about Jessica Jones? Uh, well, you guys saw the first, the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jessica Jones season two is all the all the PTSD and half the action. Okay, so it's more of a oh, lifetime show. It's um. It, this chick has problems, man. Yeah, and it. It's not just her, like, everybody has some kind of, like, seriously downer issue. Like, the most positive character is probably the, um, the, the black dude, the, the neighbor that was a crack addict in the, in the first one. Yeah. Like, he, he's healthy now, and, but everybody around him is, like, so fucking depressing that he, you know... I don't see how how he's he's not he's not on some shit in season two. Like that dude, that that dude is a hero of the story because he he is surrounded by the most depressing people in the world and is not doing drugs. Uh, the sh- I it's a it's a good show. Okay, it's just it kind of heavy. They you know. Jessica has to deal with what she did to the purple man in the in the first season, so that's haunting mm-hmm. her. Um, they, Does this take place after Defenders? Yeah, although they don't really mention Defenders, they don't talk about any of the Defender characters. Defenders could not have happened at all, and this show would like it would still work. Okay, so it's like. It's after Defenders, but they ignore Defenders. Right. It's all about Jessica Jones. It's Jessica Jones. Hogarth is back, and she's got an interesting story in this. Um, new villain. I can't say too much about who the new villain is without spoiling it. Does Hellcat come out? Hellcat... Uh, the last issue, you get a hint of Hellcat. Ah, oh, fuck. So it's it's like little bits of Hellcat's origin story because it's even her character who, I mean, uh, Trish Walker, that character, yeah. you know, when it her backstory in the first season is she was a teen star and yeah. became an addict, fought through that, and... So this is kind of her. Even she's kind of fighting that old addict stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, she's dealing with the fact that Jessica Jones is now a hero and she's not. So she's trying to live up to to that ideal of Jessica Jones. And so that's where you kind of see her starting to become Hellcat. Where towards the end, you, you know, she does something that makes you think that if the next Defenders, she's not Hellcat. She better be in Season 3 if they make it. Because she's already... She's there. Right. You know, everything but the suit, basically. 
What's that? But she hasn't died. She had, well, that's up to interpretation. There, <laughs> I, I mean, she does. Like I said, she's she's battling some demons and she goes through some shit too. Every character in this show goes through some shit. Nobody is safe. Okay. So it's a it's a delightful romp. <laughs> I tried watching the first episode and it was depressing. Like they're all like it's that. just yeah, it's so bleak and everything, and I like that, but you know, but I don't know. It's just, I, I think I want to sit and watch it all at once. You know, but every as much shit as every character goes through. Every episode is fairly depressing, but it's also them working through it where right. by the last episode, everybody has essentially worked through the major psychological demon they've been battling. Uh, there is also some action. I mean, there is actually a physical villain, but I think the, the physical villain, first of all, the person that that portrays the villain is kind of a bad actor i i just every time this person did it, it's somebody with anger issues and every time the the anger issues comes up it's like i just i just don't believe it so really you have to think of of the the villain like each character has their own villain that they're fighting in this in this series and it's psychological and by the end of it, you, a lot of them actually do kind of end up in a bit of a happier place. You know, there's some stuff that you just can't do anything about. But they're in a place where they've either accepted it and are dealing with it a different way. Or, you know, everybody, everybody resolves their shit towards the end. Which would okay. make season three a little bit happier and leave a little bit more room for actual bang bang shoot people and and break shit so but is there like a good amount of superheroics because it seemed like well jessica jones in general like i'm not quite sure what her powers are other than like super strength and durability and uh but like i don't see her if this story is just them working through their shit I don't really see like how there's any superheroics in it. Not a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of super strength. Um, but not like a straight up superhero action scene or anything like that. I mean there there's a couple of uh gunfights. A lot of Jessica Jones doing something with her super strength. But other than that, it's mostly her drinking. You know, and, and she comes up to a villain that she can't overpower physically. Oh, okay. So it becomes a, a psychological thing. While at the huh. same time, you know, she's dealing with a villain that's going to kill a lot of people and is physically more powerful than her. So she knows the only way to stop this villain is to, is to kill this person. But at the same time, here comes the psychological damage of she killed a purple man and... She's trying to not be a murderer. Right. But she has to be a murderer to stop her. And so you get a lot of that. 
Okay. You know, they, they do eventually fight, but it's a lot more of, I need to do this, but I need to deal with this because I don't want to be a murderer, or why am I drinking? There's a lot more of, it's a lot more of uh, Jessica Jones finding out how she got her powers. Okay. So that's that's half of her story right there. Because through finding out how the villain got powered, she finds out her powers. And that brings up even more trauma from her past. So if you like to wallow in shit, I, I highly recommend it. Again, with you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, so it it is worth watching because it is somebody working through issues. Okay. But it's not super heroic at all. Like the villain is not a mob boss or or I'm gonna destroy the world villain. It's even the villain's motivation is psychological in relation to Jessica Jones, which was kinda similar to the Purple Man. Right. Uh, and that's just me trying to not spoil it because the villain's identity is actually like a huge deal. Not mm. as far as comic books go because I don't read Jessica Jones comics. Just as far as how the how the villain relates to Jessica, how she got her powers, and everybody around Jessica. Okay. It's definitely good. You know? I mean, well, you saw the first episode. It's it's shot well. It's it's well scripted. I, the only yeah. the only bad actor is is the uh the villain. That person got on my nerves more than once and if that person wasn't punching something, then I really wasn't too interested. But Jessica Jones is cute and, you know, banging random dudes. Hogarth has a great lesbian scene. Hmm. Actually, there's a couple. There's a, there's a funny scene where she's got a yoga instructor and he's just staring at her ass like the whole time in every position. Hashtag me too. So, so there's some there's some fun moments like that too. It's not all doom and gloom, but it's it's a lot of doom and gloom. I'm not gonna watch it again. Like I've seen Daredevil twice, each season twice. I'm probably gonna see Punisher again. Jessica Jones is the only of the series that I probably won't watch more than the initial run. Ooh. Even Iron Fist, I, I at some point I'll probably pop it in and watch it again. But yeah, enjoy. I don't know. I have a feeling they're gonna piss me off. Maybe. Don't expect super heroics. Just expect a psychological thing. Well, I was looking at the cast. And there's a character in there. Are you trying to figure out who the villain is? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you. I'm not. I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just trying not to spoil it for the audience. Right. Is it Nuke? Nuke is in it. Nuke is not the villain. 
Okay. But is the guy that's nuke the guy is the same guy as last season? I think so. It's the same character. I don't know if it's the same exact same actor. Same character oh, okay. though. Like they, they see him and they recognize him as Nuke. Okay. His hair's a little longer, so I'm I wasn't hundred percent sure. I recognize him as Nuke, so I'm assuming it's the same actor too. Okay. And he does nothing in this series. He does nothing? His screen time is maybe half an hour spread over three episodes. Fucking ass. I thought you hated Nuke. No, no. I, I love Nuke. I hated what they did with him in the first season. But, I, you know, they leave room for him to grow and kind of be what he's supposed to be. And then he's wasted again here. Yeah, he shows up, and I expect him to do heroics. Um, he's not taking pills anymore either. Now he's got an inhaler, I guess, to save time. Right. Uh, yeah, he shows up, and I'm expecting some heroic shit to happen because it's pretty early on. It's like episode three, maybe, where you start to see him, mm-hmm. and um, doesn't doesn't go anywhere. Nuke, Nuke Man. is not not the villain. <laughs> That sucks. Well, like, I would have wanted, the way that Nuke is in the comics, like, I would have wanted him to be, well, I guess this is the same criticism I would have for Jessica Jones is what I have for for Punisher, where it's like the whole time he's trying not to kill people, you know? That's his power. That's who he is, you know? I want to see, like, if he had to go toe-to-toe with Nuke, like, that'd be the shit. But they haven't even made Nuke like that yet. So. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Punisher take on Nuke in season two. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Well, well, the thing is that Nuke, he's like, he goes toe-to-toe with Captain America and Wolverine. You know, like, that's the type of super soldier he is. So, it's like him being... The the villain and the Punisher would be awesome, but they haven't in the MCU. Uh, nuke isn't like that, so he's not even that. Yeah, he's not even that strong, from what I've seen. Yeah, he's like he he's essentially taking a drug that makes him a little bit stronger and more agile and heal faster, but not anything ridiculous. Like he's he wouldn't be I don't I can't picture this new fighting going toe to toe with Captain America. Yeah, Captain America's Comic drugs are way better. Comic book nuke. They used to instead of throwing napalm in Vietnam, they used to just throw a nuke out the window, and he'd level the whole the whole village. Yeah, no, you mm-hmm. nope, not this nuke. Oh, this 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 is gonna piss you off then when you see this nuke. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I watched five minutes of the first episode, and I told Emily, "I'm like, babe, can we watch this some other time?" <laughs> like, I just had a feeling, man. Yeah, but, he, he, he doesn't even make an appearance till the second episode. I don't think. Yeah, because it's like they did that scene where she gets mad and she just crushes the chair. Yeah. 
and that I thought that was kind of dumb. So I was like, Ugh, can we watch this another time? There's a lot of but, her getting mad and gripping something too tight. And but it's like even it's like the way they did it, like they didn't show the chair like crushing. You just hear the noise off camera, and then the camera goes back to the chair, and it's like a crushed chair. She's got a great scene where she she's boning some dude in the in the bathroom, uh-huh. and he's talking and getting on her nerves. So she grips like the 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 metal too hard, and you you start seeing it crumble in her hand, and she's like, "What the fuck? Shut the fuck up!" Like I said, it, there's light moments like that. There's no titty in it, right? No. No. Not at all. In fact, she's, like, fully clothed. It looks like she just... I'm not even sure the dude pulled his underwear down, to be honest. Now that I think about it, once they stop, I don't see him pulling anything up. Just see him buttoning up his <laughs> pants. In fact, I don't see her pulling up her pants, and she's in jeans. He was doing They're it. dry humping. He, he was getting her from behind. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, uh, the most nudity you get is from that Hogarth scene, and you still don't see anything. Yeah. So how many uh, how many crumbled pieces of metal would you give it out of five? I'd say three and a half. All right. You know, watch it. Um, don't drink while you watch it. <laughs> Lord, you might you, you might start feeling shit. Lord knows she drinks she drinks enough for everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's it's worth watching. I didn't I don't regret watching it. Not gonna watch it again though. All right. Did you did any of you guys read uh, Alien Toilet Monsters? No. No. Okay. I wrote the other book you wanted me to read. Which one? Uh, Stabity Bunny. Oh, okay. You want to review that today? Sure. We got a little time. Okay. And we'll do Alien, because I know Larry read it, so we'll do Alien Toilet Monsters next week. And then by then, hopefully, the rest of us will read it. Well... The rest of you. <laughs> right. So, do you have the stats? Uh, I know I, I know. Ali Garza did a cover for it. He's one of the cover artists. But I, I can get it for you. You can, you can start while I look it up real quick. Okay. So, Stabity Bunny is basically the story of an assassin's daughter getting kidnapped for ransom, and she goes to get him back to get... Ah, what did I say? An assassin's daughter gets kidnapped and for ransom, and so she... Turn, she goes to make a payment, like she goes to meet the kidnapper, but he's been dispatched by 
a stuffed rabbit. And uh, it's interesting, like, there's not a lot that happens in this book. But it's, like, just barely enough to make me want to read more to find out how this stuffed animal can do this. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And they try to do, like, a storybook kind of thing where they have, like, segments that have storybook rhymes in them. And, uh, it's weird, because I'm not exactly, I'm not 100% sure the picture they're trying to paint. But I kind of know. But, uh, yeah. There's not a lot there. But what's there is somewhat interesting. The Does the bunny stab anybody? No. How um, do you call it stabity bunny and the bunny doesn't stab anybody? Well, it's the name of the bunny. Oh. Like the bunny's name is Stabity. But, like, why would I? Why would you call him Stabity if he's not? If he doesn't stab things. I mean, it's the daughter of an assassin. She probably. I don't know. So she'd be like an assassin bunny. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. It's odd. And they tease that they're going to give information in the second issue. So it's like, I do kind of want to find out. Because it's interesting, the shot where the bunny kills the guy is yeah. done in shadows. And honestly, it could have used some more panels. But, you know, what they did, I get what they're doing. But it's like kind of like, a darkness, like a fog surrounds the guy and then a soul ends up in the bunny. And, uh, yeah, it's... I said interesting, right? It's interesting. Yeah. Did you enjoy it, though? Honestly, I... Like I said, it's it's really short. Like there's barely enough information to make you want like to want to keep going. So that like I would have loved more information. I would have loved that scene where the bunny kills the guy to be like have more panels dedicated to it. And I would love it if the art style were a little different. Because the little girl, and I can't think of her name right now, but she has a weird face. Mm -hmm. It's like, did you read it? I, look I looked through it? through it. I did look through it. I haven't read it. Yeah, like the first page where we see her face, she's got like this kind of pear-shaped, frog-shaped face mm -hmm. with a too-big smile and a... Uh, it's weird. Yeah, it's kind but, of like how you mentioned, like, the storybook thing. Like, you're right. somewhere in between the storybook and what the real world's supposed to look like. Yeah. 
But I think overall I did enjoy it. Um, and I definitely would like to know more about the rabbit and what's going on. So hopefully it'll... I don't know. Is issue two out yet? Like, when did this come out? No, th- this just came out. I think last week. Oh, okay. Yeah the the writer is Richard Rivera. Artist is Dwayne Biddix, and a colorist is Liesel Buenaventura. But All yeah, right. so, yeah, like the artwork. I wish were a little better. Other than that, I kind of did enjoy the book um i just wish there were more like more information because i i do want to know more but i could see me just as easily being able to give it up from here okay But yeah, Stabity Bunny number one. How many Check bloody hops out of five would you give it? Um, I'll give it a two. Two out of five bloody hops. Okay. Uh, speaking of bunnies, there was this animation I saw not too long ago, and it's an older animation. I just saw it recently, though, called Bloody Bunny. Mm-hmm. And it's about a stuffed bunny ninja spirit. That's a stuffed bunny ninja spirit. Yeah, like a bunny, stuffed bunny ninja spirit. Yeah, ghost thing. And he's got stitches. Uh, hmm? He's got stitches. Yeah. Like l- little X stitches. I think it does. But it's actually super cool. And it's really well animated. Like, I saw it on YouTube. You should definitely check it out if you like bunnies murdering people. For revenge. I like the design. Yeah. That I would give a five out of five. <laughs> um, I read a book called Gideon Falls. And, uh, again, I, I know Larry didn't read it, but he's, you know, he loves Marvel and it's, he loves, you know, he doesn't, he hates Wolverine, but I'm sure he likes old man Logan. So the creative team from old man Logan was Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. They're also, they worked on the green arrow together for new 52 back in the day. And then now they teamed up again for Image and did this little weird horror comic. And uh, Jeff Lemire is a dude that does... The way he writes is like... 
I like to call it honest because he just writes what he wants to write. And if it has horror elements, it's a horror thing. But it could be a story about a lost little boy meeting his dad. And then he could add a little bit of family drama, a little bit of fucking horror, a little bit of action. He could do anything. And I guess that's what made him so good at the superhero books because he he, he kind of grounds them, you know? He did that with the Hawkeye book, which was really good. I don't know who he teamed up for that with. Teamed up with for that. But this is a horror book. The way Andrea Sorrentino draws everything is like... So it, it's almost like doing a... Uh, the storyboarding for like a Silence of the Lambs or something. It's very trippy and the color palette, everything's like brown, red, and black. Yeah. It's kind of surreal. Like they have the way that he draws is he inserts a splash page anywhere. It's not about the middle, which actually works to the detriment of this book because on page. Well, right when you open it up, the page is upside down. The background is red, and there's a dude with a surgical mask standing over a pile of something. You don't know what it is. Upside down, like you got to flip the whole book over to read it? No, it's almost like if you're laying on the floor looking at this guy. So it's like you're, you're there. You're just in it. And then the next page... You see what, you know, what the pile of shit that he's on there, what he's doing, and he's kind of talking to himself. So, and that's page two and three. Page four has a splash page. Now, if you know something about comics, you know that splash pages usually will fold out. So it's usually reserved for the center. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. this, you see that same dude from the first page, and he's opening the door, leaving his apartment, and it has, on page four, is one half of his of his apartment, and it's done in like a fisheye lens thing. And on page five, it's the, the other half of his apartment with his bed and everything with the fisheye lens. And then the middle part where the two pages meet are him doing something. The problem is you can't tell what it is because the page doesn't fold there the way the comics are printed. So it's like you don't see what's going on. It's like, what the fuck? It's, it's a beautiful piece of art that's destroyed by being in a print comic. Now, I also bought the digital copy because that's how I do with Jeff Lemire stuff <laughs> just because I want him to get more money and keep working. So I bought the digital one and that page on the digital looks fucking amazing. So I feel like I should have bought the digital on this first. But um yeah, the design well, it's weird is... he wouldn't Go ahead. It's, it's kind of strange that he wouldn't like account for that. Um yeah, I... 
I think, uh, I don't know. It, it seems like it, it would be, there's no other way to do it, for one. Like, the digital, it works for the digital, but I think uh, if when he laid it out, he's like, okay, this page is going to be split right here. And he thought that it would be okay, but it's just the way that the pa- it's printed on really thick paper. It feels like there's fucking 55 pages in this book, but I think there's only like 25. And um, yeah, and, and so the paper itself curves because, you know, I tell you it's like fisheye lens things. So the pages actually curve into it. Which makes the the actual drawing look even more distorted than what it's designed for, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, it it is weird that they didn't take that into account, but it could be the the type of paper. And I think if it wouldn't have been like he he Andrea Sorrentino drew it with the fisheye concept thing, so I think if he hadn't have drawn it with the fisheye concept. It would have been okay. I think that's probably what he didn't account for. Mm. The story itself is this dude that I mentioned that you opened the page to at the beginning. He's rummaging through garbage. He feels the the world is talking through him to him through garbage. Like he's getting clues about what evil is or whatever. He's like schizophrenic and he's trying to get help. And then the B story, or the A story, whichever one you see as a B, um, is a, a new priest that comes to a new, to Gideon Falls uh, after the previous priest died. So he's like kind of settling in, and the, the he gets greeted by one of the parishioners, and she's like all up on his nuts about stuff like you want a sandwich, you want this, you want that, and. Eventually, he's like, dude, just let me get settled in here. I'll, if I need you, I'll get you. You know, like, he kind of upset her a little bit. And at the end of the comic, she's he finds her stabbed in the heart on in front of him. Like, he gets called out by the previous, like, the ghost of the, of the previous pastor calls him and guides him to the body. So... It's weird, like, we still don't know what's going on. That's the problem with with comics sometimes, where as a movie, you just strap in for two hours and watch the whole story unfold, and boom, you get your you get a cool story. If it's good, if it's bad, you get a bad story, but you're done with it. I'll wait another month to figure out what, what's going on in this book. You know what I mean? Right. So it's... It's good for me. I'm used to it, but I can see it. This particular number one not grabbing somebody right off the bat. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, I forgot to mention that the church parishioner has a hook for a hand, and she was stabbed with her own hook. Oh, that's mean. And not the hook part. The part that cups around the stump. <laughs> that makes it worse, I think. Yeah. A little bit. But, 
Yeah, that is Gideon Falls. I I enjoy it as a number one. As a number one, you know, I, I get picky with number ones and zeros. Like, like I need I I need to know I'm in. You know, this one I'm a little biased because I do love Jeff Lemire's work, and I never felt that it never paid off to just stick with it. So just based on his track record, I'm okay with this number one. Normally, I'm like, hey, they didn't tell me nothing, yeah? But it's, right. it's part of a bigger picture. I think it's a mini series too. I don't think it's a full series because he's got the ongoing already, which that's probably about to go on a break in a little bit. And this one, I don't think is an ongoing. It might be just a, a limited, so... What is the difference between a a zero and a one usually? Well, uh, zeros... Because to me, a zero is usually the free one. Right. And a zero should tell you everything that happens before the one. Like, kind of introduction to it. Yeah? And sometimes they're just not, they don't do that well enough or they'll give you something totally different that is kind of in the vein of what you're reading. Like, like if it's a, a spy book, like they'll give you a, a, instead of the spy you're following in number one, it'll probably give you the guy before him to kind of show you how the organization works. You know what I mean? Right. And then, and then like number one's, like in comics, they 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 get you itching for like issue two, you know. Well, they're and, supposed to, but yeah. Yeah, and so sometimes those stories are a little like lukewarm, and sometimes like number ones feel more like a zero than the one, but they didn't do a zero, so the one does it. Yeah, you know? that happens, right, Joe? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, and that's why I guess once they started selling trade paperbacks, that became so popular because you just get everything. It's like you want, even if it's like an ongoing series, it's like, okay, I just get the chunk I need and then wait for the other chunk to come out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of trades having the zero. Yeah. I remember having to pick up the zero. And the and the trade paperback, right? And then the thing is, sometimes zero doesn't come out till like you're well into a series, you know. Like back in the day, Wizard Magazine used to do what they call a one half, because a lot of comics at the time were doing zeros. Is that different from Marvel's point fives? Yeah, it, it's kind of it's the same thought process. The only thing is that they were Wizard exclusives, so. Like, I know for Top Cow, they did it a lot, where you would get have Darkness, and they did, you know, after, like, Darkness 15 or whatever, they had the Darkness 0. And then Wizard, one month, would have a thing where they call, you get to pre-order the one half, and you fill out the order form, you pay for it, you send a check, and then however many people bought it, they would print that amount. So if only 500 people got it, only 500 were printed. And then other companies would, would like jump in on it and pay them money to use what they what they printed, and then do like a a variant cover, like different. 
a lot of different retailers, online retailers, would do like their own cover for the one half, which was even rare. So, and those were the one halves were okay, but I think they were just too short because they didn't have any ads in it or anything. Since you have to pay a premium for it, this was back when the cover price was like two bucks for a comic, and they were five right off the bat. So. You could order only order two at a time. Like if you wanted more than one, two was the limit. So they were only like twelve, thirteen pages long, fourteen pages, and it was just like a cool little story. And the darkness one was about another dude that was a darkness in like Spanish Inquisition times. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. But that's it. I, I, like I said, I still, I enjoyed this book. Even though the mystery, as it is when, when you like a book, it's the mystery. When you don't like it, it's they left stuff out. Right. Um, I give it four hook stabbed, hook appended stabbed parishioners out of five. <laughs> and I guess we could play that wrap-up music. It's about that time. And Larry didn't show up, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he hates the show. Yeah, R.I.P. Larry. <laughs> Joe, give us some final thoughts, man. Um. When I said the phrase shit, it made me think of the Max. Because they have that one, like, this one part where the girl is in this other world. Yeah. Covered, like, raining shit. And it's kind of funny because the person that lives there is trying to call it mud. And she's like, mud? It smells like, and then it like cuts off because you know they don't swear in that. <laughs> but yeah, I like Max. The Max is like really good, and I mean yeah. the anime. I never the thing. I just watched the cartoon on MTV. Yeah, the cartoon was really good. They need to put that on streaming or Amazon or something. But yeah, I at least the first episode was almost shot for shot the comic. Nice. Yeah. Oz, give us some final thoughts, man. Just realized The Rock isn't in the Shazam movie, and I got sad. <laughs> oh, did you guys see the other pictures that came out from the behind the scenes? The closer up ones? Yeah. Probably. I saw a lot of Shazam pictures. They're fi- fucking the fake ass muscles, dude. Oh yeah, that's obvious now. Yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry <laughs> didn't believe me. They were fake, fake ass muscles, but and then he's got tiger buttons, which I don't know what to feel about those. Yeah, that's that's why Larry didn't show up. He didn't want to talk about fake ass muscles. Yeah. Uh, my final thought is R.I.P. Larry. And R.I.P. Stephen Hawking. Till next time, 
Wait, did he die? Yeah, he died yesterday. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. The sex dungeons are gonna miss him. Cause, uh, what's his name died too? Uh, Craig Matt died like a day or two ago. Yeah. Man, that's sad. Two yeah. legends. Dead before their time. <laughs> well, Stephen Hawking was well beyond his predicted time. Yeah, he was supposed to die like 50 years ago. Yeah, like he got diagnosed. Like, yeah, he only got like two years to live. In the but... 60s. <laughs> In the 60s, and... they told him, you got two years to live. Right. And then, and he stole a dude's wife. And he left his wife for a younger chick. Twice. This, this dude, he, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> he's done stuff I only dreamed of. He's good. <laughs> As for us, follow us on Twitter, at Fantastic Forum, Instagram. We still got archives on, on Podbean. Uh, we got an iTunes link. And uh, catch us next week live right here on allgames.com.